Well, welcome to Left on Red, everybody. Um, we're here. We're live. We're doing it. Finally. We're, we're sitting going. in the we're sitting in the metaverse, the uh, uh, formerly yeah. Facebook, now Meta coffee shop verse. Um, side by side, Evan's the smallest as it should be. I was very large for a minute. Yeah, I well, was very large. If I had a nickel for every time, my friend. Uh, <laughs> so here we are, uh, and yeah, we are we're joined. Here, we're here in the uh, in the hipster cafe talking about how much we all miss President Trump. Um, <laughs> Charlie Kirk is going to tweet about it later. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. Into the Kirk first. Yeah. Yeah, we are. This is episode one of our of our deep dive into the Kirk verse. Um, we're back to talk yeah, about just more. What size is his face? Yo, I think that was Jacob Wall, by the way. I don't think that was even Charlie. Jacob Wall, that was it. Oh, yeah. okay. I was thinking it was uh, Jack Probiscus was the, the, the other <laughs> name that I had, but it wasn't him. <laughs> Jack. Um, Probiscus. Yeah. Posobic. <laughs> so Is that the actual name? Who we got here in the, who, who do we have here in the LU Cafe? We got some folks with us today, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we got some. Yeah, we got uh, some returning guests from <laughs> yeah. uh, one of our most popular episodes. Um, so, first off, let's get the most important people out of the way. Uh, my name's Evan, as always, joined by my co-host Cam. Yeah, and I'm Evan. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we are joined by uh, a guest, Patrick and Ian again. Patrick, who is of the uh, the hit sensation This Is Bad, uh, the only podcast dedicated to making Reza Aslan feel bad, um, and also <laughs> potentially of some CIA background. Uh, the jury's still out on that about Patrick. Yeah. Pat, what's going on, man? Not too much. Not too much. Um, I, I'm, I'm here to record a podcast yep. um, uh, called Left on Red. Yep. Well, that's, I mean, those, that's good. Yeah, cover the bases. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, you, yeah, like, the, yeah, as, as we arranged you know, previously, that's pretty much what's... So you got the Venmo? Pretty, pretty much what's up. The out. money went through? The, yeah, yeah, the transaction. Good. the deal you know, went completed. through. Good, 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 good. All right. Deal, deal, deal gone well. <laughs> yeah, and we are, we're joined by uh, a man who, who's been on, like, 50 goddamn podcasts, but most recently, uh, Film Basics with Bassists. On the Rigs of Dad Network. What's going on, Ian? Uh, glad to be here. Glad to talk about the cinematic achievement that is JFK and JFK Through the Looking Glass. Yes, that's right. Yep. Hell yeah. Yeah, so we're, uh, the four of us are meeting at Dealey Plaza to uh, <laughs> uncover <laughs> uh, the mystery surrounding November 22nd, 1963. I'm standing in the mud, leaning up against the stockade fence. Yeah, I am looking at you all through a scope. Yeah, I am on the grassy knoll dressed as a tramp. And I am Um, currently playing drums at the Rolling Stones show. Yeah. And uh, and Patrick is in a uh, nice convertible uh, driving down the street. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm having a great time. Yeah, I'm enjoying some of the views here and the winds in your hair. Yep, we're slowing uh to a very deliberate 10 miles per hour as we as we take this corner no um, phones everywhere just people living in the moment <laughs> yeah 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 not a phone in sight yeah <laughs> except fucking zapruder hey mr president look over here yes yeah, so, yeah some guy zapruder with zapruder the, the iphone negative 18 with his phone out. yeah Ugh. yeah oh all right, so yeah, anyway. I mean, if, we, if um, more people were on their phones, if fewer people were living in the moment, there would probably be a lot less ambiguity about what happened. So, sure. 
Yeah, actually, yeah, you know, you know that's a condemnation of the uh, the American way of life back then. <laughs> Phones could have solved this. They absolutely could have. They should yep. have, frankly. They could, should, must, and will solve the next JFK assassination. <laughs> Is that why we haven't had any uh, assassination attempts of high-ranking U.S. officials? Uh, Steve Scalise doesn't count, like, since the 70s? Um, yeah, that and maybe, like, the myriad, uh, you know, House select uh, committees and whatnot that didn't do anything. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe. So yeah, anyway, we're here to talk about uh, Oliver Stone's JFK, another long <laughs> Oliver Stone movie, much like the last one, Alexander. Uh, we're also talking about his new documentary, JFK Revisited, or 90 Minutes About the Magic Bullet. <laughs> um, but uh, before that, Patrick, I believe uh, you have come with an advertisement today? Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I do have the... the um... Uh, the ad read here nice. from our uh, our sponsor this week on the Left on Red podcast. Yep. Talk about uh, kismet serendipity. Our sponsor this week is the Lincoln Motor Company. <laughs> you know, it couldn't have planned couldn't have planned that better. Um, so they they did send me the read, and I'll say up front, I did think some of the copy was a little odd. I guess sloppy copy, um, but they said. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I, again, I thought it was a little strange, but they said this is this is the the final draft, and this is what they wanted me to read. So um, we can we can dive into that. Um, get it up here. All right. Um, from the Lincoln Motor Company comes this year's Continental Convertible, a new concept in fine cars. Now, what sets the Lincoln Conver Continental Convertible apart from similar town cars? The discerning motors asks. Well, at the Lincoln Motor Company, we answer. An unparalleled dedication to elegant design, automotive comfort, and, with only one famous exception, safety. Uh, <laughs> take for one example the richly appointed interior. You'll be riding in the height of luxury and elegance, whether you're, being on, whether you're en route to attend to affairs of state or bringing your best girl for a picnic lunch on some grassy knoll. <laughs> Careful with that brain matter, sport. Those seats are upholstered in real Corinthian leather, and it does stain. But it's not just the classic beauty that distinguishes this year's Lincoln Continental, and we believe it to be our best yet. It's also its many motoring conveniences. With a push of a button, the state-of-the-art convertible rooftop descends, back and to the left, allowing you and your passengers to enjoy the sensation of the wind in your hair, as well as any other foreign objects that may be passing by. There's nothing quite like a ride in a Continental Convertible. It's as much a mind-blowing thrill cruising at 55 miles per hour as it is while entering a kill zone at 10. It simply must be experienced firsthand to be believed. Make your way to your nearest Lincoln dealership for a test drive and find out why this year's Continental Convertible doesn't just best the competition, it breaks it into a thousand pieces and scatters it to the wind. <laughs> that's remarkable. I didn't even know that the Continental was still in production. That's uh, oh. egg on no, my No, see, face. and that's, well... I mean, this is an ad for a 60-year-old car. Right. They had yeah. us run. That seems a little... And Very a little strange. of that felt disrespectful to me, to be honest with you, but... Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. You know, I mean, we're, we're earning money, money in the bank. Right, exactly. You gotta keep it's the lights the on. <laughs> we don't, yeah, we don't do this shit look like JFK <laughs> while riding down the street, you know? <laughs> yeah. We, we don't do freestyles. We, we, had to, freestyles. Uh, we had to pay you guys somehow, so... It's good that you were willing to earn that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> 
Well, without further ado, we're about to re-enter the Stone Zone. <laughs> yep, uh, yep, we are we are re-entering the Stone Zone. I fucked the, up because I was supposed to... Oh, that's not even the right uh, sound effect. What was it supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. The hey, we'll let it out in post. We're in the Stone Zone, folks. So <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, so I guess uh, I guess for this, let's just uh, we'll start we'll start going through the movie, uh, and it is a long one, and uh, you know feel free to interject uh, with uh, any thoughts or observations you may have. So, <clears throat> Oliver Stone's JFK. Uh, now it begins with Ike's farewell address, his famous one, where you know he talks about uh, um, you know the the military industrial complex and all the all the shit about you know unwanted or wanted uh involvement and it also describes the cuba cia war but what i really like about this and what what people always go back to with you know when it comes to jfk and you know everything that happened immediately after ike is that they conveniently left out that ike helped create the military industrial complex that he then just decides to rail against at the end um, you know, and it was really him that put the two pervert brothers, uh, John Foster and Alan Dulles, in charge. And, you know, he just let them run run ramshot all over the place. So, um, you know, but it starts like that. You know, Oliver Stone is a boomer's boomer. And he can't, he cannot leave that, that particular speech out of a movie about JFK. Yeah, it felt like uh, he intended for that to be kind of moving kind of, uh, I don't know, yeah. emotionally gripping in some way. Um, but as it was starting, uh, so my first observation about this movie was that um, I, I fucking hated the music in this movie. And <laughs> they start it, like, really hot and heavy, like, right out of the gate with just, like, military tattoo, just like, bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Like, he's not subtle. <laughs> and then, you know, it's it's it, and he's coming, and he's like, we must not allow that. And I was like, I, man, this is going to be four hours. And so, well, uh, I mean, it's like fucking twenty minutes long. The intro. Well, itself. we should we should say, and I don't actually know that we mentioned this so far, but um, we should say that we we did watch the uh, directors the directors yeah. cut. Uh, we watched the long version of JFK. Yeah. So just in case anyone's wondering why I'm talking about, for, I'm not. It's not hyperbole. This is a long ass fucking movie. Yeah. And there's a lot of like drumming and trumpets and French horns and shit. Ugh. Yeah, the the open is emblematic of the entire movie. It is deeply baby-brained boomer stuff. Yeah, like okay, like okay, we're gonna admit that um, the most powerful people in the country conspired to off a president who they didn't like, but we're also gonna put our full faith in the system, right? 
that allowed them to do it. So yeah, <laughs> the, the fact that, you know, Jim Garrison was a hack DA who eventually got, uh, I don't remember if he was convicted or just charged um, with bribery. Uh, the mob was paying him off to let them use their pinball machine, like deploy their pinball machines in New Orleans. Oh. Garrison was not some upstanding, you know, no. great dude. He was shitty, just like every other DA that New Orleans has ever had. Yeah. And the fact that you, you know, the, the, the fucking, the, the idea, the audacity to think that, you know, there is a great man in history who's going to stand up to the Dulles brothers and yeah. the, the, the machinery that they represent to put all, to put your faith in this guy to set right what has been, you know, rent asunder is just deeply uh, sad and hilarious. Yeah, and it's like also this idea that like, oh, well, the system that created all of these things, if we could just get these things it created out of it, then the system would be perfect. Right. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, the the final uh, sub, uh, uh, the final thing that J- Jim Garrison is saying in court? Like, justice doesn't just happen. You know, men right. need to instigate justice or whatever. I forget that yeah, word yeah, that yeah. he uses. But I was like, really, dude? Like, you're, you're going to stand in front of me and, and like earnestly say that after the last two and a half hours what you've shown me as the da of new orleans that's your stance yeah yeah yeah, exactly and also yeah uh, like democracy dies in darkness guys you know it's just not yeah right well it's also what you say about jfk too whose family made their money like fucking bootlegging and shit they were like they were like a mobbed up family it's a movie about dirty people defending dirty people from dirty people it's it's a movie about fucking filth it's the whole movie's 100 had the mob steal the election for him too it's just like what like which you know don't get me wrong nixon was also like completely corrupt and that's why you know he was like ah well he stole it better than I did, so fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the I mean, reason Nixon, people hated Nixon JFK just, like, is that... understood that that was part of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, yeah, the, the I think it was in Ohio, the state Republican Party did want to, like, move forward with some kind of lawsuit or something, and he, he didn't want any part of it. He was yeah. like, no, he won uh, unfair and unsquare. And <laughs> yeah, that's just win. like right. I was trying you know? to. <laughs> that's... Yeah, well, that's the thing. Nixon, yeah, Nixon yeah, they were like, both mobbed just, up. Did better. They were both yeah. mobbed up, but Nixon was mobbed up from the inside. And JFK was mobbed up from the outside. And they didn't like the idea of some, like, Catholic, you know, Massachusetts yeah. actual mobster coming in and, like, encroaching on their weirdo, insider, pervert, yeah, exactly. yeah. like, <laughs> agenda. They were like, listen, man, only only criminals that are already in can yeah. can ascend. We don't want some weirdo outsider criminal. Since the, 19th, uh, since the 19th century, yeah. not the 20th century. He was a new money criminal, and they didn't want that. Yeah. They didn't want some outside Massachusetts mobbed up Catholic to come in. And, and like, look, man, you guys are all crooked as fucking question marks. I, I, yeah. To me, it's like, what, what's the difference? They're all... They're all fucked, but well, I mean, it's like it's like what I talked about in the last episode, where Nixon had found like documents implicating Alan Dulles as a Nazi collaborator, and he goes up to Dulles during World War II, and he was like, "How much can this get me?" Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> I heard you were a Nazi. You got anything for me for that? Yeah. Know, so, how much that. does me shutting the fuck up about that uh, make? Ugh. <laughs> I feel like I have oh. to like put out right now that uh, so I've never seen this movie. I'm also not a JFK conspiracy guy. I know like almost nothing about this. And yeah. uh, throughout the course of us recording this podcast, I think it's probably become abundantly clear to our listeners that like Evan and I are pretty divided in what we are interested in. Um, yeah, I like the old shit. He likes the new shit and the old shit. Evan's just smarter than me. But um, 
What this is my first. <laughs> yeah, it's true, but this is my first experience on a deep level with like true JFK conspiracy stuff. So I didn't go into watching this movie knowing a lot about what they were talking about, and I found yeah. the first half of it like really hard to follow. As someone yeah. who's like not. Uh, a devotee of this type of stuff. I didn't. I didn't yeah, spend see, a lot like, of time. If you know the cast of characters, the weirdos and perverts that come crawling out of the woodwork, it makes a little bit more sense, maybe. Yeah, I did. I, I know Alan Dulles, obviously, because we've done yeah. episodes on Alan Dulles. But, um, but I man, mean, the movie I, name drops like George Demore and shit, and shit. Like these are like real players. Yeah. It, it, but like background ones that like a lot, not a lot of people know about. With um, you know, all of this kind of uh, the conspiracy around this time. But I actually, the first time I saw this movie, I was in middle school, in middle school, and they showed it in my history class. So you were what, 16, 17? What's that? I said, so you were what, 16, 17? Middle school. I was like... Yeah, I was making a joke. It's just, that's okay. Oh, okay. Oh, I get you. Yeah, we'll just Um, just let that... But then I had the same history teacher in high school, and he showed it again. They obviously skipped one particular scene, but... um, uh, so I saw it like a couple times then, then I watched it again last year and then this one. So I've seen it a few times. Cool, man. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I thought the, uh, the inclusion, uh, the brief inclusion of, uh, George DeMar and Schilt, uh, in the movies. Interesting. Um, I mean, I, I saw this, you know, again, I, I've seen it a couple times on, on cable or whatever, uh, uh just kind of his background. And I, I knew that, that George and Mernshit was a character and I didn't remember to what extent. And it's very yeah. brief. It's like a brief almost like cameo. Yeah. Um and if you don't know George de Mornshilt was a um He was a white Russian. Russian yeah, he was a Russian expat uh of of noble lineage um and a this isn't gonna set off any alarm bells, a petroleum geologist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who became friends with uh, uh, the Oswalds, uh, uh, Lee, Lee Harvey and his wife Marina, when they moved to Texas from from the Soviet Union, and, and got you know ingratiated into the the Russian expat community in Texas. Um, and he figures pretty heavily not into Jim Garrison's specific conspiracy theory, but he figures very heavily into a number of other ones. I think more convincing ones. Yeah. Uh, for for a number of reasons, uh, and I sort of think that that inclusion of him very briefly is sort of um, one of the couple times in the film that um, uh, Stone sort of nods to other alternative uh, explanations. You know, he I think coming out of the film, you're not supposed to be whole hog believing, you know, Jim Garrison's version of events necessarily. Right. Yeah. It's just he described he's described the film as a a counter myth uh-huh. to the uh, to the Warren Commission, and so I think you know it's one one of the couple scenes where they they sort of nod to, uh, uh you know, uh, other uh, alternative explanations. Uh, that being said, George Marshall, I think, I think he was the had the longest testimony before the Warren Commission. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. It I was mean, one thousand percent a spook. I mean, he was yeah, he, he was, was a yeah, CIA he, asset in yeah. Haiti and Guatemala and yeah. all through South and Central America and elsewhere in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, he he was an OG white Russian. You know, he was in like his family was in the whites, and then uh, you know he came over to the U.S. He was an oil man. Uh, he was very good friends with um, with George H. W. Bush. So much so that he wrote a letter to H.W. like in the 70s, like a month before his suicide. <laughs> uh, 
uh, where, you know, Bill O'Reilly claims to have nearly walked in on him shooting himself with a shotgun. Um, uh, kill, killing Demoran Schilt. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the new the new book from, from Bill O'Reilly. You know, obviously <laughs> out, yeah. Out next month. Yeah. Full of, full of uh, other obvious lies. Yeah. But although this movie does briefly say that, uh, was it this one, actually? Or maybe the, um, I don't remember. But that, you know, the theory is that he was Lee Harvey Oswald's handler. Uh, George DeMoran Schill, you know, as being like an older CIA guy, when Lee Harvey Oswald came back from the Soviet Union, he was his handler. Got it. Yeah, the, the Bush family claims that DeMoran Schill was not that close with with H. W. Bush. Yeah. Um, they they what was it? It was like his his nephew and one of the Bushes were roommates at Harvard yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. Some yeah. some connection like that. Um, and actually, indeed, it's quite easy to simply write uh, a handwritten letter to the director of the CIA and get um, an immediate response. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they actually weren't that close. That's just easy, and any of us could do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, hope yeah, so. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, also just a wacky coincidence that um, uh, you know, in, in the lead up to um, uh, November twenty second. Yeah. Uh, he uh, quickly hightails it to Haiti. Yeah. And also, wasn't it his death was like right before either the church uh, commission or the uh, House Select Committee on Assassinations? It was like one of those ones where he died like right before it. And it's it like, like kind of like this, this at, whole like, HSCA, sequence yeah. that like before the Warren Commission, a bunch of people die. Then before the church committee and then the House Select Committee on Assassinations, like all these people that are like, it keeps getting to like people like more on the periphery and then they just die right before it they have heart attacks they commit suicide like with george de where he commits suicide with a fucking shotgun <laughs> like you know all that kind of stuff but anyway uh, th- this is actually a little bit far afield of the actual movie jfk but i think it is yeah. germane to that uh my favorite of all of those um is uh jack ruby yeah the man who um kills Lee Harvey Oswald because in his own words, um, Mrs. Kennedy looked sad on television. Yeah. Some so he drove from bullshit. New Orleans to Dallas and yeah. gained, gained, uh, entry to a police precinct and, and shot Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, yep. so, uh, I don't think that he ever eventually went on trial. Um, he got a psychiatric evaluation before, uh, before his, his trial for killing Lee Harvey Oswald began and the uh, psychiatrist who um, evaluated him was a fellow named uh, Jolly West, who um, uh, was a former uh, Air Force uh, officer who, uh, starting the Korean War and in forward, uh, participated in uh, like the MK Ultra, yep. like uh, uh, LSD uh, experiments, the Manchurian Candidate type stuff. Yep. Just a wacky coincidence. What what a wild turn yeah. of events that this is this is That's the guy like, who does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy who's who's yeah, yeah. You know, dose people with LSD to make them go crazy. He does a psychiatric evaluation on um, Jack Ruby, and his uh, his evaluation is well. He was a perfectly sane guy until some point in the last 36 hours, he <laughs> suffered a psychotic break, yeah. and now he can't stand trial. <laughs> That's true. He was yeah. fine until really recently, and also he's yeah. very newly he, crazy. We can't... We yeah, can't, he was fine until I gave him a sedative, and then he kind of lost his, lost his mind yeah. for, uh, you know, a couple days. 
Yeah, I gave him a I gave him a weed gummy to take the edge off, but yeah. oops, it was I, actually I think I missed a weaponized psychotropic. Yeah. But yeah, so like right and so I think this is one of the funny things that the movie does and like to what you were saying, Cam, about like it being like kind of confusing and tough to follow, immediately after this like 20-minute intro montage kind of thing, it goes into like one of the more obscure uh things that happen surrounding the case where a woman gets thrown from a car. Yeah, and, yeah, right. And so this is an actual thing. So this woman would claim, I think she uh, she was some kind of like uh, uh, involved in unsavory parts of uh, a New Orleans life, and she claimed that a couple mobsters had driven her out into the desert, roughed her up, or not desert, but driven her out uh, a bit outside the city, roughed her up, and kicked her out of the car. And it was because during the ride, they were actively talking about their plot to kill Kennedy. And she was just like, well, what the fuck, what are you going to do that? And they kicked her out, and then she, like, tried to tell people, and they wouldn't, like, believe her. And so that's what's yeah. going on there, but they don't really describe it at all. There, there's no uh, revisiting of that. They, I mean, there, there's a moment where, and There like, is a brief one, They show actually. her in the hospital, and she's like, they're going to kill Kennedy, they're going to kill Kennedy. And they were like, oh, man, like, like, she's on drugs. She's clearly dosed on something. She yeah. keeps saying these nonsensical things. And, and I think uh, she's from Jack Ruby's nightclub, too. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I found that whole part, like, just a little confusing. But that was me. Yeah. That was just me. Yeah, like well, I said, I, I knew that story, so then I right, knew that's I, what and that I was didn't, referring I, to. I knew nothing about this. I have spent zero time researching JFK's assassination. I know that that makes me like a scrub, but unfortunately, I just... Loser. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's true. Oliver Stone Oliver Stone never met a piece of circumstantial evidence that <laughs> you know he didn't love and d- wasn't incredibly compelling. Right. Yeah. The, the whole through the looking glass documentary is just like random weirdos like here's an ophthalmologist <laughs> from Quebec who yeah. says that you know uh, this guy right. didn't fill out the right 302 form so clearly there was a you know a government conspiracy to like do the thing. Yeah. And that's it. that's like so the the 544 Camp Street address, the Guy Bannister address, yes, that is the same address as Fair Play for Cuba. Lee Harvey yep. Oswald probably was being handled by uh, Bannister there. But, like, I don't know if you guys remember the scene where uh, Kevin Costner, like, takes them out into the Central Business District in New Orleans. Yeah. And he's like, right. look. There's the CIA. There's the Office of Naval Intelligence. There's right. 544 yeah. Camp. Like, this can't all be a coincidence. Actually, yeah, it can, and it probably is. Like, yeah. that's just like any major downtown, you yeah. know, area. Like, that's just the shit that happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. this yeah, is not yeah. evidence. It's not compelling. This is not illustrative oh. in any way. It does Dude, not so tell us that there was a conspiracy. I, I, I get they my glamorize the, the shit out building. of it in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get my haircut in the same building in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, as the Brazilian consulate. And my, my barber cuts a lot of hair for uh, Brazilian diplomats. Okay. And it's just. So are you in the like, Brazilian deep state? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you do push ups with Jair Bolsonaro? <laughs> <laughs> what you mean to tell me is that you're in his cabinet? You are like, a Bolsonaristo? <laughs> this is a strange way of telling us that you have COVID, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> I have you mold have mold in my lungs, in your lungs. And I get my hair cut by the same man who. <laughs> no. Hey, Pat, I got the mold in my lungs. I, f- I forgot there was a there was a a, a a Portuguese fellow on this podcast. What's up, man? <laughs> I was I was I'm stepping into. He's a, not a, even a, that Portuguese. He just hey, Pac, he, he leans into that this? hard because he needs an identity. 
Anyway. But, yeah. Well, my point is simply, yeah, in, in metro areas, places just need to be places. Yeah. Right. No and shit. there's only exactly. so much place well, that dude, so, places can be placed. So with that documentary, the thing is, like, they do the thing that you're never supposed to do is when you lead with your worst evidence. It's like they spend the first, like hour and 15 minutes talking about the dumbest bullshit and it's like the last 45 minutes is good like that's good when they switch to like like they they show that scene from jfk where it's uh donald sutherland talking about like who benefits like like all that shit and then they switch to talking about the dulles brothers they switch to talking about like shit that's going on like with vietnam who's gonna miss out on like the money like all that yeah it's like okay good that's the compelling evidence. Talking about the fact that this dude's brain looked a little fucking stupid is like not good evidence. Like <laughs> I absolutely fuck, dissociated. I completely dissociated during brain should weigh, Evan. Yeah. I completely dissociated uh, during the Donald Sutherland part. That went on for like 45 fucking minutes and I was just like I I, I can't I have, I've got things to do. I can't do this. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to vacate. I'm going to do, do do not perceive me for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, the thing. It's like you got this fucking ace in the hole, which is the sociopathic freak Alan Dulles, and like you barely even talk about him until the last forty-five minutes. Exactly. And then when they show right. him, he's like does that thing where like with the interviewer asks him, "Is like, have you ever committed an act of violence?" And Dulles just sits there lighting his pipe for Mad Long, and he goes, "No, nope." And it's like, dude, he's a fucking sociopath. Like that is like he's insane. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Absolute king, absolute king. Yeah, dude. Anyway, I felt like so- the uh, the moment with Donald Sutherland was kind of wasted, and I I, I read about it a little bit. Um, apparently, in the original plan for the film, it was supposed to be split into like two interviews, where it's like when we saw it, that's the first half, and then at the end of the movie, it was going to come back and be like oh, uh, he met up with Donald Sutherland again, and like okay, so you know. You, blah, you you fucked up. You didn't find everything, but uh, Oliver Stone felt like it like needed to all be one big moment. So he just like kind of smashed it together and shoved it in where oh. it was. And I feel like that made the narrative like a little confusing. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I felt I felt like it was a little weird where it ended up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That 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 the court part goes on forever and it just kind of ends there. Yeah. It's right, and like there, there's no revisiting of that. Yeah, it's just like, all right. So you met right, with well, this guy, fuck off. and you <laughs> know, I had the benefit. I was watching on Amazon. I had the benefit of a X-ray or whatever they call it, where you can see like everybody's character, who everybody's playing, and it was like, oh, he's, dude, he's Mr. Like the X. best, the best feature in any streaming app. Oh, it's great. I love it, and it actually benefited me a lot yeah, watching yeah, he's, this he's, because he's I didn't X, know what the fuck I was um, watching, so I did a lot who's, of. I. I've always assumed it's supposed to be a, a composite character or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's supposed to be a guy named, uh, L Fletcher Prouty, who, um, oh. was a, um, you know, uh, a senior military officer who, uh, did covert CIA stuff, um, and, uh, did a kind of radical 180 and became, you know, wildly critical of, of, mm-hmm. 
the, the U.S. intelligence community and um, eventually would go on to serve as um, uh, like a historical advisor on the 1991 Oliver Stone film JFK um, <laughs> and got himself put in as a character named Mr. X. Yeah, dude. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm um, I guess the thing that I, I'm not sure about is like how much of that is supposed to be like just to help the narrative go along. Oh, here's Jim Garrison sitting in front of the Washington Monument with like a mysterious man. Some X Files shit. Are yeah. we supposed to? Right. Yeah. Are we supposed to believe like that? Like, does Jim Garrison claim that that happened to him? I'm not sure. I, I, I tried know. to actually find a copy of um, uh, On the Trail of the Assassins, which is is his book that this film is based on, because I wanted to read it beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious how much his case in the film you know, tracks to the case that they actually made in, in, in real life. And I didn't find it. I did find a copy and I bought this uh, and I meant to have it handy as a prop. Um, uh, a, a copy of the full uh, unabridged text of the Warren Commission. Yeah, report. I saw I saw your Twitter I, post. <laughs> yeah, I bought that for six bucks. Yeah. Um, I didn't find the Jim Garrison book, though. That's a bummer. Um, um, real quick, did we lose Cam? Can you guys still hear me okay? Oh, he's gone. Yeah. He's left the cafe. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. I, I did notice. I, I will oh, say. Oh, no. Um, are we all baristas? All right, is that here. what's going on? I think we're enjoying um, the coffee. We're patrons, yeah. No, but yeah. no, look. We're on the other We're on the barista side it's of a, the It's the a counter. different type of cafe. Yeah, you see the espresso machine way in the back, Pat, to the left oh, it's, of the Oh, clock. it's way back there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess my perspective is a little bit flattened because it's a photo, a still photograph yep. that we've been inserted into. All right, yeah. So um, after uh, after the the woman gets kicked out of the car, we get to the actual shooting. Um, so, oh, what's up, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the shooting happens in Dallas, yeah, and then uh, Jim Garrison hears the news and he is distraught. He is absolutely distraught. Not feeling um, good about it. Yeah, yeah. So, so ini- the initial reports cite uh, that there may have been somebody on a grassy knoll. Um, <laughs> there is a drunk cop who ends up being Guy Bannister, who's really, really fucking happy. Uh, he gets fucking just like gets absolutely hammered and beats the shit out of his friend. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, pistol whips. That was him. awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because, uh, his friend was like, ah, oh, man, I've seen some stuff this, this, uh, summer, I might write a book about it. And he just, blah, just fucking gets him right in the face. You shouldn't um, treat Jack Lemon like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. I, I felt like that was pretty fucked up. I mean, Jack Lemon, of all people. Yeah, yeah. so something I, I not will that say, this is my least favorite Lemon. film in the Grumpy Old Men series. <laughs> seriously, it, I saw it, um, again, from X-Ray, I saw, this was, this was... What is it? Five out of ten films that they did together. Wow, they were in ten films together, and this was number five. Damn. So that means Grumpy Old Men, Grumpy Old Men Two, Grumpier Old Men, or whatever. Yeah, those are two grumpy, what, six too and old. <laughs> the grumpiest oldest men. Uh, man, yeah. the list went on and on. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So you know, Jack Lemmon just gets fucked up. Um, and then you see a uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, and he claims to be a patsy, which I will say, typically when you have somebody commit a political assassination, they usually can't shut the fuck up about it. 
They're, like, really into the fact that they just killed that motherfucker. <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, there's two very particular cases where that uh, is a little bit different. And that's with Lee Harvey Oswald and Sirhan Sirhan, who both were just like, I did not do this fucking shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he immediately comes out like that. And then, uh, you see David Ferry come up, which is... Oh, fucking, my God. Yes, dude. Joe Pesci as the alopecia strange hair piece strange eyebrow piece having david ferry yeah um, it's it's pretty the eyebrows fucking slap dude the eyebrows are incredible they come down to like fucking like like past his eyes <laughs> and like i've seen pictures of like david ferry i yeah. know he had the eyebrows like that but it's like i mean first of all th- i mean it looks like fucking boot polish on his face <laughs> It doesn't look good. It doesn't look like eyebrows. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's also like, I, I know what Joe Pesci's face looks like. This is ridiculous. Dude, the <laughs> hairpiece that the just hair constantly was... moves up and down. But <laughs> The last scene that he's in, it's down to here. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's like at, island. Island. at the end. And he's just like, you don't understand. They're going to fucking kill me. And I was like, yeah, I would. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, looking like look you look. You I feel like I'd dude. fucking kill you, yeah. Joe Pesci. You're very annoying. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, yeah, Joe Pesci uh, sort of uh, uh, very, uh, I think, artfully sliding in and out of um, one of the many, many lazy Southern accents in this film. <laughs> uh, and even when he's, like, doing a Southern accent, it's like, well, he's Joe Pesci. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he, there, there's like a five-mile radius where he can sound like he's from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he, ha- he sounds very it's much like corner. where he's from. Yeah. And uh, you know, Ian is our resident, uh, our the podcast resident, former New Orleans liver. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I would like to hear your take on the accents. The accents were to to an actor uh, abysmal. I will say that Tommy Lee Jones probably acquitted himself the best out yeah, of everybody. Sure. Probably the worst is Costner. Now he's yeah, very, oh my he's God, very overexposed. Like he's way out there. But the thing is, he's not doing anything that's remotely like uh, a New Orleans accent. The New Orleans, like native New Orleans accent is very strange. It does not sound like a typical Southern accent. And what he's doing sounds like somebody from Atlanta or Tennessee or something. Yeah. But you'll notice that like every every line that he delivers starts off with a really strong Southern accent. And then by like word six, he's tapers. just regular Kevin Costner. It just fucking tapers off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's, it's real bad. It's extremely yeah. bad. One but thing that I've Tommy, always Tommy thought. Tommy Lee's good. Tommy Lee Jones is good. And Oldman, uh, if you listen to uh, any of the recorded audio that uh, is extant of Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, Oldman is kind of doing an impression. Like, you know, he's really kind of ramping it up. But it's it's interesting. I mean, I thought, you know, I thought his performance overall was very good. He's sort of doesn't get a ton of screen time, but I did appreciate the Oldman that I did get. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I am not a communist. I am a Marxist Leninist. Yeah. (laughs) Like the radio interview. Yeah. We, you know, he was he was brought up between Texas and New York and Louisiana. Like, you know, he he would have one of those weird polyglot accents. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, lest, lest we forget John Candy. Dude. Oh, my God. I John forgot. John Candy in this movie is fucking Doing the unreal. jazz man. Dude. With his He's sunglasses. Unreal. And he just keeps calling people cat and shit. Yeah. He was a cool Amazing. cat, man. You know what I'm saying, like brother? a whore in church. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. John Candy is, like, my favorite part of this movie. It's just Holy such a bizarre fuck. portrayal, man. And this had uh, to have been one of his final movies. 
Yeah, well, he died in like 94, right? Yeah, when was this, 92? Uh, it came out in 91. 91, 91 November 91, yeah. 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 Just Ugh. while we're shouting people out, Michael Rooker, I think, uh, yep. a, a character actor that I love to see. Uh, mm-hmm. He was fantastic. And then I also thought that Kevin Bacon did a good job yep. as yeah. the, uh, the the racist hustler. Who, yeah, the racist encounter in Angola. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Kevin Bacon's always good. Yeah. I don't much. think I've ever been offended by a Kevin Bacon performance. He's He's always good. Well, there there is the Kevin Bacon Invisible Man. That's a really bizarre movie. Sure, oh, but yeah. is he what's wrong with it? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> that's true. He's never what's wrong with the movies he's in. True. Yep. You know, you might not like the movie, but yeah, is Kevin? Bacon oh no, the Hollow problem? Man, Hollow Man. It was Hollow, Hollow Man. Man. Exactly. Yeah. Hollow Man. Is he is he um, ever the issue? I don't know. No. True. Um. But yeah, so so we you know we we we're starting to get introduced to this weird coterie of characters. Um, we also start getting some of the uh, fair play for Cuba committee and the uh, uh, Soviet Union life of Lee Harvey Oswald. And so this is one of the ones that's really interesting, where you know like if if you when you start researching Lee Harvey Oswald, this fucking dude had the fingerprints of intelligence all over him from like a young age, like he was at that uh the J- the Japanese uh, base. Where they were working with the Atsugi, U2 bomber. the U2 base, yeah. Yeah, 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 with the U2 shit. Um, he also, famously, he had, like, a he wasn't stupid, but he had a learning disability. He was, mm. like, brutally dyslexic. Uh, so he had, like, a really difficult time with language. So naturally, um, he would choose to learn Russian. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, so, you know... <laughs> And like more and, disabled assassins. <laughs> well, they also always talk about how he read like Capital by Karl Marx when he was like a teenager. I'm like, dude, I can barely read any of that now, and I'm like a 32 year old man that doesn't have dyslexia. Like, it's like they they get him like reading all this insane like communist literature when he's a teenager for his backstory, and then you know when he has just like a couple hundred dollars in his bank account. He somehow gets $1,500 to go to the Soviet Union. He defects. He's there for a while. He lives in Minsk, Belarus, where, like, uh, he apparently gets bored. He doesn't uh, lose his religion. He just gets bored, doesn't know how to spend his money. He marries Marina Oswald. Suddenly, he immediately is able to get his citizenship back, is given a, uh, like, like, a loan from the embassy for like two thousand dollars to resettle in the u.s and he's immediately with this expat community that includes white russians like george de Morinchild. and it's like this whole but also while he's in the soviet union is when that u2 spy plane is shot down and uh he had the information to locate it you know of uh, that to give to the soviet union for it to locate and it's like, in the, he was only in the Soviet Union for what, like six months or something like that? No, it was and, like two years. The, what's that? He was over there for two years, wasn't he? Oh, two years? Yeah. Yeah. But like it was during that time, they just are able to shoot down the U-2 spy plane. And then he comes back. And it's like, you know, the whole thing is fishy and clearly like an entire like cover story. Yeah, have you guys read any of the uh, 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 excerpts of his uh, his diary entries during his time in the Soviet Union? No, no. Oh, they're no. great. Um, they're yeah, just like the only one that sticks with me to remember is like he's complaining. Like you said, Evan, he has nowhere to spend his money. Yeah. 
he's bored and like his his main complaint is like there are no bowling alleys there yeah. are no dance halls here like <laughs> i want to i want to take a take a gal out bowling yeah and, and he's got a, this sucks he's got a pretty good too you know he's just like at some factory in minsk and he's got like a wicked nice apartment like they set him up with like this nice one and um yeah he's like this this sucks there's no dances <laughs> <laughs> but you know he does he does meet meet the Beautiful. the sweetie marina oswald and you know takes her back to the u.s but um yeah i mean that's uh Kind of just yeah, that. easily. Not only does he gain access back to the U.S., yeah, uh, getting a loan from the State Department uh, to make his way back without being debriefed by the CIA, but yeah, he's it's just to immediate take his yeah. Soviet-born wife with him. Yeah, after yeah. having I don't know if we mentioned this, having renounced his citizenship in order to defect first, like right? Yeah, yeah, he pretty did. Pretty significant. Then... You hand over your passport and you're like, "Fuck you." Uh, I'm yeah, he like took a shit on like the counter at like yeah. the passport office and like. Yeah, and then then after two years, he's it, like, you know, you know what it is? It's it's basically the episode of uh, Seinfeld where George uh, makes a big show of quitting <laughs> over the weekend, decides he changed his mind, and plays it off as a joke. Yep. Yeah, only in this case, it worked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were just like, okay, no debrief necessary. You can go. Yeah, <laughs> Here, here's two thousand dollars to help you get settled again. Like, <laughs> okay, bro, thank you, thank you. Yep, but um. Yeah, then he comes back, and then Marina just so happens to take some pictures of him holding, like, communist literature with a Carcano rifle. <laughs> or did she? Or yeah. were those... Uh, Where he uh, kept uh, moving his ring back and forth on different yes. fingers. Precisely. Like, some so of the that pictures wasn't the Carcano right, rifle. Left. That's not the man licker or whatever? The... What was that? What, was that actually the, the, the Carcano rifle he used in the... the... Allegedly used in the Kennedy assassination. Well, they claim, but it's like different than the one that was actually used. It's like smaller and has like different straps and shit like that. Um, Oh, 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 that's right. Yeah, that's in. in, in Yeah, but it is a picture of him with a Carcano rifle in communist literature. (laughs) But I think, I could be wrong, but I think those were before his first assassination attempt uh, of Edwin Walker. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. Okay. It wasn't, yeah, directly pre pre Kennedy. It was, yeah, pre pre Edwin Walker. Yeah, but so anyway, you, you, we got some background on this stuff in the movie, and then bam, Ruby comes up and kills Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, as as we were saying before, he just you know drives uh, across state lines, gets easy access into the police station just to uh, toss one into his stomach. So there's that. <laughs> as uh-huh. you do, as one does. Yeah, yeah, naturally. Yeah. Oh, what's all this then? Bam, just shoots him. <laughs> fucking. But then we get uh, David Ferry's picked up by Jim Garrison, and um, he is, uh, you know, just lying his ass off uh, all over the place. Uh, He claims to not know Lee Harvey Oswald. He claims that he was going goose hunting with some people. They don't talk to the other people, but they say the other people contradict his story. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we didn't bag no geese. And they're like, they said you didn't even have guns. They were like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, no, we didn't do any of that shit I just said. (laughs) Why include that at all? That was just a confounding scene. It made no sense. Yeah, yeah. And then they were like, well, we're sorry this is going to end 
poorly for you, uh, Mr. Ferryboat. You're under arrest. Yeah. And then the <laughs> FBI is just like, yo, fuck Jim Garrison. We ain't with this guy at all. Nuh-uh. No, we don't know nothing about David Ferry. We don't care. And that's everything in 1963. There you go. The whole year summed up. Yep. Yeah, a year. <laughs> neat little, review. neat little bow. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, whoa! And- look at me. Suddenly, I'm big man on campus oh, here. King in the castle. <laughs> castle. <laughs> but yeah, so then it fast forward to 1966, and Jim Garrison and some dude on a plane are bitching about hippies. Um, <laughs> they're just like talking about what was it like? A, the girl had like a peace sign like painted onto her like pregnant belly or something like that. Yep. Yeah. What um, did he say? She. Uh, she, she's pregnant with a child, and you know what it said on her belly? Love child. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love child. Love child. I can't tell if they're a Walter boy or Matthau, girl from dude. the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just some nice reactionary reactionary shit. And then, um, you know, so the Warren Commission has gone on. It's BS, and Jim gets obsessed. He starts looking into the case, you know, three years later, because that guy on the plane... Um, red pilled him. So, you know, he just pilled the fuck out of Jim Garrison and Jim's just like, Oh my god, that's right. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh yeah, so fucking he just goes like dives head first. Uh just reading the shit out of some book, um or you know, about the case. Um and uh, you know, it just kinda like starts sort of you know, they start talking about the case with all these weird things. One of the ones that they do mention is the tramps. So this is something you see a lot of the time. Like, there's all these, like, weird unsavory types walking around uh, Dealey Plaza. One of the ones that people talk about are these weird tramps that came in on a train. And there were men that were dressed like homeless men, but they were, like, well-shaven. <laughs> um, and kind of, like, their clothes right. were, they, like... They looked good. Like, they are like, oh, we rousted a bunch of tramps and bums, but... Also, you would think that they would have like grown out their facial hair for a few days, but maybe that was just so un- unseemly in 1966. You would have been thought of as a hippie. Well, it's the it's the same thing as now. Is like when the guys show up the protest with their Timberlands and their yeah. like cargo shorts and their sports jerseys and say, "How do you do, fellow Antifa yeah. members?" You know, it's right. you know, cop cops never change. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cops yeah, are always cops, cops showing up to the protest with the the bands tied to their arms so that they know each other. Exactly. All that kind yes. of shit, yeah. But yeah, so you have these like very confusing guys dressed like homeless men, but not really acting like it or quite looking the part. Um, you know, you have a train that comes in. All these strange cars start doing surveillance. Uh, and, you know, there's a guy at the station who is noticing all this commotion going on. There's people like kind of like looks like they're they're directing stuff to go on. They're like um, sort of like just doing what looks to be like reconnaissance or something some sort of surveillance and uh you know there's this guy watching the whole thing go on he's like this is kind of fucking weird over here you know um and uh jim garrison starts to uh, realize that lee harvey oswald has the hands of intelligence all over him you also learn that guy bannister uh that drunk asshole who is now dead and pistol whip jack lemon uh is ex-fbi uh, before he became a private eye, and that he's been intelligence for a long time too. Right. Um, we also get the uh, the scene where Lee Harvey Oswald fights with the Cubans in New Orleans um, before the assassination, and where the whole thing sort of seems staged 
and uh, you learn that he shared his address, what we were talking about before, with uh, Guy Bannister. And there's also like a scene where Guy Bannister gets pissed at him for putting the return address on the pamphlet, something like that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we get that, and then uh, you know the, that's that's the the baffling scene too, where Jim Garrison is like, "Look at all these uh, the Office of Naval Intelligence, the CIA, the FBI. They're all right here in this corner." With Lee Harvey Oswald. That's fucking crazy, man. That's fucking crazy. Alright, well, where the fuck was I? Um, oh yeah, so they, they go to like that, uh, what was it, like a dog racing track or some shit, right? Yes. Was it horse, dog? Yeah. So they go to meet Je uh, that guy Jack Martin, who was Guy Bannister's friend at this like dog racing track. And you know, he's just, he's getting his fucking gamble on, you know. He's just having a good ass, victimless time, making some dogs race, uh, trying to trying to, you know, run his numbers or whatever. And uh, Jim Garrison comes up to him, and they, they smoothie in him into, you know, starting to talk about this thing that he clearly doesn't want to talk about because he had the fear of God put into him <laughs> at the, with the butt of a fucking gun. Um, so he talks about how he worked with Guy Bannister, um, you know, in the summer leading up to 1963 that he was in his office. There was a whole bunch of bullshit going on, on that, going on in that office all summer. Uh, and he, he talks about how it was called Operation Mongoose, how David Ferry was involved, and David Ferry was training all of these Cuban exiles for a second Bay of Pig style invasion of the island of Cuba. <clears throat> so yeah, anyway, so we get to uh, he talks about Jack Martin. Jack Martin talks about all this shit that was going on, like uh, Operation Mongoose. And uh, he just starts giving some backstory to uh, Jim Garrison and his uh, his friends about everything that was going on. We also get the very wet John Candy scene. <laughs> <laughs> where he is just... A drippy, fuck. drippy boy. He's a yeah. damp man. Yeah, where he's just soaking wet. And then, <laughs> you know, saying like all of these like stupid, what I imagine he thinks are like southern colloquialisms and whatnot. But... um. <laughs> but it gets to the scene that I really like, where uh, you get to the gay plot to kill JFK. The what, yes. the homosexual agenda was actually always killing JFK. <laughs> where it's just like the most fucking baffling scene. This like comes up where they meet Kevin Bacon and he's a hooker. And he tells them about this like just totally like deranged, like debaucherous scene at a... Uh, Clay Bertrand's, uh, or Clay Shaw, I forget whichever one is his real name, at his place, which is where they, they draw in uh, Tommy Lee Jones. And uh, it's like, dude, I don't even understand like what's going on there, but it turns into like this gay orgy with like David Ferry, Clay, uh, Clay Bertrand, uh, Kevin Dressed Bacon. As, Mer as Mercury, perhaps? Is that what was going on? He was yeah. Like, painted gold? Yeah, like one of oh them. Oh my god, the nipple twisting party? Yeah! I was Dude. whipping him with the fucking... Oh, that was my favorite part of the whole fucking movie. The yeah. best scene. So, okay, so part. can I be honest with you guys? So, And I know that I've been kind of spacing out for the last, like, 40 minutes or whatever. Because the first half of this movie, I was like... I kept texting Evan. I was like, did you like this? Was this good for you? So you enjoyed this? Am I going to go on this podcast and be surrounded by people who liked this fucking movie? And I'm going to yeah. have to sit here and defend myself as someone who thinks this movie fucking blows? Yeah. And then we got to the nipple-twisting part. And I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm fucking in. 
And yeah. just watching him, just like, you fucking bitch. And it's just like Joe Pesci pushing fucking, uh, what's his name's head down. He's like, you're a little bitch, aren't you? Yeah, you're here for fucking me. And he just chains. like twists he's his nipple. suck on chains. Oh, it's so good. And then that almost, eh, maybe not quite, but is almost the point where for me the movie turned around. Um, I feel like the first half of this movie fucking sucks. I hated this. I hated it so bad. Yeah, I, feel I was like so that. mad that I had to watch fucking three and, and a half also, hours of this movie. and also the second half also sucks yeah well yeah. <laughs> okay but i found things that were redeemable in it but okay so you agree that this movie sucks oh it's a it's a train wreck it's oh it's so bad okay disaster. so i thought that i was gonna show up here and have to defend myself against people that like loved this movie no because the way I mean, evan framed it was like oh it's, it's a good movie it. it's a legitimately good movie and i was like i don't yeah. know man i feel like uh it's got everyone in it like every actor's no, in it. No, I mean, so, so this uh, is like the, the music other sucks, side of Oliver the fucking... Stone. Like, Alexander is Oliver Stone, and it's a train wreck and boring. This is Oliver Stone, and it's a train wreck, and it fucking rules. <laughs> like, like so I fucking it, it, love this movie. It's so fucking bizarre. Yeah. I think it was nominated for something like eight Academy Awards, ultimately. Yeah. I'm not for sure JFK? if it won any of those. Um, oh, but it's he, hugely uh, Oliver right. Stone did win. He did yeah. win the Golden Globe for directing it. Uh, and I yeah. think honestly richly deserved because this movie is just it's so much fucking information and it's all batshit and yeah. he yeah. manages to make this pretty compelling narrative out of it so uh, you know the scenes kind of stumble into each other um and again the the ultimately the um the narrative itself like i said earlier you know he, he describes it as a counter myth to the to the warren commission yeah yeah uh, this is one of a, a, a million different overlapping, you know, Kennedy conspiracy theories, assassination conspiracy theories. And I understand why he chose to tell this one, mm -hmm. because there is the book on the trail of the assassins, Jim Garrison wrote. And the fact that, yeah, I mean, ultimately Clay Shaw is the only person who was ever actually put on trial for the Kennedy assassination. Uh, that's a legitimately very interesting angle. And I get that as, as kind of the entry point there, but it is amazing that he made this like, three and a half hour long historical epic about how the Kennedy assassination was basically just a gay orgy that got went a little well, too that, far. Yeah, yeah, they just they didn't know <laughs> like, when to stop. That's ultimately yeah. all it was. Yeah. It's just this it was gay, all, like, yeah, it's like, a, it was a sex that thing. ends yeah. with Kennedy being killed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you guys think if Alan Dulles had been gay, uh, he would have made the movie uh, uh, about somebody who actually so, mattered or no? Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure Alan Dulles was gay. And, oh, uh, sick. I just feel that well, way. No. I don't have any no, evidence for that. He was a fuck boy, dude. He, uh, no, I he just feel that off the vibe for sure, dude. Yeah, I just get the vibe that Alan... Okay, so maybe not Power gay, but I get the feeling that Alan Dulles wouldn't say no to anybody. Let me put it he that way. He was a little sex freak. He Alan Dulles was a was a yes man through and through. Alan Dulles would fuck anyone that would fuck Alan Dulles. That's how I, I mean, feel. Dude, like, yes, everything man. I read about yeah. him, they're just like, yeah, he was like trying to lay pipe nonstop to like everybody. Absolutely. You know who else was like that? LBJ, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Did you know that when LBJ got into office, one of the first things he did was have the shower and the presidential bathroom modified so that there was a hard uh, jet that came out at crotch level so that when he was showering, he could have like a jacuzzi jet out of the side of his shower just blasting his dick while he was showering. God dude. damn it. That was, he and you, to, there's, there's there's records of that. You can find, like, dude. he he had to have all of his pants modified because his dick was yeah. too big. Yeah, like, he was, you, can, he, you can listen to it. <laughs> but uh, he also he used to piss off of a boat. And when he would piss off the boat, he would look at everybody else and be like, hey, you guys want to know what temperature the water is? Yeah, right. <laughs> 
He also uh, used apparently there were multiple occasions Andy. where apparently LBJ had senators come in to have meetings with him, and he so would he intentionally be on the toilet. Like he didn't need to be on the toilet, but he would be on the toilet, and he'd have them come in and just make them stand there while he like pretended to shit, just to be like, "Hey, listen, I'm the president. <laughs> you know, yeah. you you the gonna talk to me while I while I make brown, buddy? <laughs> like that's um, I got there's, special there's a story about how uh, LBJ went in to use. Uh, use a urinal in a, in a restroom and there was a secret service agent who went in with him. Yeah. The secret service agents just standing there and he feels something on his leg and he looks down and LBJ is just pissing on his suit pant leg. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And he looks up, he looks up and LBJ's looking at him waiting for eye contact. And I think the line is, I think it's something like, it's like, don't worry, son. That's my prerogative. <laughs> That's awesome. God damn. So honestly, it's good that JFK got killed. And like, I just. Yeah, so we got. I feel like we yeah. traded in a pussy for like a real man. And. Hell yeah. Honestly, yeah, I think every good American would agree. recordings of LBJ asking for more room in his taint on his tailored <laughs> pants. So, okay. So, can we sum up this movie by just saying that like, it sucks. It's way too long. Uh, it's way too yeah. self-indulgent. And. You can honestly just like kind of wrap this flick up by just saying like, yeah, we get it, Oliver Stone. You don't think that it was, you don't think that it was Oswald, like at all. You don't even think he was involved. You think that it was like a like a gay conspiracy to fucking <laughs> off JFK. And yeah. um, it's a stupid movie. I agenda. think that the music sucks. The gay agenda. I think it's like yeah. pretty poorly acted, except for like a few standout exceptions. Like yep. you know, I, we talked about Tommy Lee Jones. I think that he does a pretty wonderful job, pretty much in everything that he does, and he managed to turn the source material in this into like something that he could kind of work with. But I feel like I feel like this movie fucking blew. I hated it. I had to yeah. watch it in three days, and I fucking hated it. And I was so upset that you made me watch this whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, and I then mean, you were like, "Oh, watch the documentary afterwards." I'm like, no, go fuck yourself. There's no way that I want to find out how this piece of shit was made. I don't care. I, yeah. <laughs> I think this movie sucks. Yeah, I mean, I also do like how like he's like Jim Garrison is having like problems with his wife throughout this one. She's like, "Will you give it the fuck up about your JFK thing and just like fuck me?" And he's like, "Well, now hold on there, you know." <laughs> and then just like finally by the end, she's like, oh, "Okay, no, I actually do love you again." Like, Dude, at, through everything. There was no explanation of the relationship thing. It was just like, you're a bad yeah. husband. And he was like, yeah, I don't care. And then she was like, I love you, though. RFK. And he was like, they yeah, good. RFK. And when that happened, she's like, oh, never mind. I do love you. You yeah. were right this whole time. I guess that negates our entire relationship problem. Like, turns out you were maybe correct about all these conspiracies. And to think yeah. I doubted you, our marriage is secure. Well, yeah, that... Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. You, you dedicated, you know, um, what, I think two years, roughly, uh, of your life. I mean, you know, Shaw was arrested in 67, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, ultimately, you know, uh, uh, the trial was disposed of in, I think, 69, late 68. Yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, you, you dedicated, you know, two years of your life to this, you know, put our, our family in jeopardy. Right. Um, you know, neglected your husbandly duties, but... Yeah, at least the guy got acquitted after 45 minutes of deliberation. <laughs> yeah. So wasn't it all worth it? Yeah. A after after you just sit there in the courtroom for like 10 minutes straight going, Oh, and his back speech. Back the left. Jesus fucking Christ. Back, I don't understand why Oliver Stone felt like it was a positive narrative choice to have Kevin Costner deliver like the most moving, uh, uh, convincing 
prosecutorial speech of all time and then just immediately have it followed up by like so anyway he's acquitted of all charges this is yeah. uh, uh clearly ruled. bullshit so <laughs> yeah acquitted of all charges and walks out walks out of the courthouse and again just uh, just cakewalking like, yeah, everything's fine performance no by tommy lee jones mm-hmm. uh, against type maybe i think it's absolutely yeah. that is this effete sort yeah. of sure uh you know uh, new orleans businessman but yeah he, he walks out of the courthouse and like when he, he's speaking to the reporters and stuff I think he says, like, almost word for word, like, boy, I, I need to go home and have myself a plate of etouffee after yep. that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, just picturing Oliver Stone, okay, so he, yeah, he gets acquitted, it's New Orleans, well, he's going to eat a plate of etouffee, yeah. and he'll announce it, as, we, yeah. as you do in New Orleans. I need them to know that I know what that is. I'm, I'm going to have myself a po' boy and a Sazerac and an etouffee <laughs> and, and a beignet and then also a hurricane and, <laughs> and the levees. And I predict uh, there might be some trouble with the levees in the future. I'm from New Orleans, just so you all know. But I also like I men. Uh, I'm I a gay man declare. from New Orleans, uh, and I killed JFK. But I, I didn't end a movie. Thank you, Oliver Stone. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. That's how I felt about that fucking movie. I mean, dude, all, all you need to know is how... So I believe I mentioned this the last Oliver Stone episode, but have you guys since then watched his Jeopardy appearance where he admitted he was on MDMA... It, it's him and Wolf no. fucking Blitzer, dude. Can we get a drop? Can we Wolf get a drop Blitzer's in here, Cam? So mad throughout it. It's the funniest shit. Jimmy, pull that up. No, yeah. yeah. Can, can, can we get our producer to bring that up really quick? Too bad we don't have. We spent all of our per diem getting uh getting you guys here today, and yeah, Percy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Intern Percy. Oh, yeah, that's right. We do have a fake intern named Percy. I forgot about that. A real intern uh, named Percy. Yeah, a real Percy. intern what named Percy. That's a, that's a bit that fuck, Evan dude? invented that just never took off. Yeah. And I support you in all of your bit endeavors, so I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just want to reiterate. I just want to reiterate again uh, just how absurd this whole enterprise was. Like, yeah. I, I, I do feel like in many ways the JFK assassination is the thing that broke America's brain. Like, yeah. We talk about, you know, oh, Trump in the last six years, like, you know, broke liberals' brains. Well, JFK was the first thing that broke our brains as a a nation. Sure. Well, it broke his brain. It definitely (laughs) broke his brain. Quite literally. And it broke the rest. It broke our nation's figurative brain. His brain brain was all of our brains. Yeah, for sure. So... You know, this, and then uh, uh, followed shortly, well, I guess not so shortly thereafter, followed eventually, you know, thereafter by Watergate and Vietnam Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Like, you know, nobody, if you had any faith in our institutions as a nation after, you know, this this trio of events, you're a fucking idiot. But just to (laughs) to make, I don't know, I just don't know why you make this movie. You know, we've been sort of talking (laughs) about and around this the entire time. Yeah, why pick one uh, obscure, you know, city DA? Like, yeah, okay, it, what, to, to your point, Evan, or I forget who made it, or it might have been Pat, um, this was the only guy put on trial for the assassination. But this that doesn't make it a compelling, yeah. you know, a fi- a com- com- compelling piece of filmed entertainment. Right. Like, 
I don't know. Do something. Put put Dulles uh, in your in That's your a, literal I mean, or figurative crosshairs. Like fucking. Let's get into this. And then yeah, the the through the looking glass. JFK revisited. He does the same thing. He does the same goddamn thing. He just like here's a fucking wheelbarrow full of circumstantial evidence. I don't know. Like, does, do you, do you guys, can you guys make any sense? He's fucking Pepe Silvia. He's pointing I at mean, the he, fucking strings. He's pointing he at the just strings. He just throws going, as much shit at the wall as he can. And he yeah. sees what sticks. It's like, you don't have to do this. You've got good shit. Like, yeah, he's like, so he's, there. he's, 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 can anybody explain why Whoopi uh, narrates the first half and then Donald Sutherland <laughs> shows up? But anyway, like he's, he, he's, he's Charlie Day pointing at the fucking strings going, I don't know. Do you? Do, what do you think? Like he's hel- help us out here. Who are like 80, 90 years old to recount what they experienced sixty years ago? It's like or or this is the dead the kid of somebody who's dead. Yeah. Like I don't know. Did your dad like do a thing once? Like did he ever talk about it? Like put, let's put that <laughs> guy on screen. I'm sorry. Did your dad what do a Vulcan mind meld with you so that you could get his fucking like memories or something? Oh. Like what the fuck, man? Like, oh yeah, Br- bringing RFK Jr. on. Yeah. Uh, uh, absolute whack job wingnut RFK Jr. Uh, to be like, yeah, here's here's how my dad, who died when I was 14, uh, you know, reacted to the Kennedy, assa- his brother's assassination, which happened when I was nine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I know exactly the conversation <laughs> he had behind closed doors. He called. He's like, yeah, he called the desk sergeant at the CIA. Yeah. And said, did you guys do this? I don't like, like I, I, there, there was outside of this one RFK interview in this Oliver Stone documentary. There was no even fringe theory that rfk called the cia <laughs> yeah and in fact everything i've read said that rfk kept everything close as shit to the chest because and one of the things that he you know when he was running for president is that he wanted to fucking crack this open and so like he just watched them blow his fucking brother's brains out he's not gonna immediately start blabbing about how he knows it and wants to like solve it because then they're going to blow his brains out, which they end up doing anyway. But it's just like, yeah, it's like all of that. I don't know, man. Oliver Stone, it makes a lot of sense that his son is Sean Stone. Like, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. Do you guys know anything about Sean Stone? Not a damn thing. What's the deal? <laughs> well, no, he was just in that QAA episode. He was one of the hosts he's, um, of the TV show from Gaia. He's got a Holy Gaia fucking shit. He's got yeah, a guy. The last, the good one. He's got a. He's got a Gaia TV yeah. show where they. Wait, talk he's about, not like, the, the one Anunnaki who interviewed and... the one that Travis View talked about. That Did was... he interview Bill Paxton? Yeah. Uh, no. Nope. No. Oh, okay. Actually, that's the good one. You're right. <laughs> that was the good one. Yeah. I shouldn't have when said the Bill good one. Paxton said that he misses the smell of human shit in the afterlife. <laughs> I need to watch that. We should have just watched that instead of this fucking stupid shit. I. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Was Bill Paxton in this movie? Everybody else was in this fucking movie. He wasn't, but he should have been. He should have been because he was greatly absent from this movie. Look, um, you know what they did? They got the knock. When you can't get Paxton, you get D'Onofrio, and that's what they did. They yeah. did get Vincent D'Onofrio. That's right. He's like yeah. right at the start, and he's like the. And then I saw his head get all pale, and he got. Oh yeah. He's just like describing a man being shot in the face, and it's like yeah. I didn't even. So catch we got the pale afterwards. D'Onofrio. Yep. Good. Uh, the, I mean, the best role that Vincent D'Onofrio ever had, I think we can all agree, is in Men in Black, when he's like, <laughs> "Yes, give me sugar, in water." <laughs> More. 
It's the it's the fucking best. Yeah. Anyway, I love that movie. We should have watched fucking Men in Black instead of this fucking movie. That's a good one. Now that's a good one. Anyway, I do think that we should continue to watch terrible Oliver Stone movies. Uh, yeah, because there I are mean, a couple yeah, good ones. Yeah, we've got Nixon. We've got W. I do want to um, watch Platoon oof. next. I think that Platoon is a good movie, and I think that we should watch Platoon. Yeah, we can yeah. do that at some point. Platoon kind of fucks. Yeah. Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, had a couple, right. he had a couple bangers. He like he started out hot. He had a couple of fucking. He had a couple. Yeah, and then at he the just top. started taking Molly and going on Jeopardy and just yeah. fucking like got his brain sent into the stratosphere, man. Yeah, nobody should be. I think no he had director. One, one hot album every ten year average. Yeah, no director should be able to make more than three movies. Like, your returns diminish so quickly sure. after the first three. You got to be young and hungry, man. You can't, be, you can't be allowed to go up your own ass the way that Oliver yeah, Stone right. was and just about every other, you know, auteur. Uh, Look at, like, uh, Spielberg's a great example, right? Like, Spielberg had sure. a couple of fucking rippers, you know? Look at yeah. Jaws. Jaws is a great movie. You know, look at uh, what, Duel. Fire. Duel's a good movie. I like Duel. Um, what did he make? He made E.T. That's a cool, it's a cool yep. fine movie. Close Encounters, not a bad movie. Close I prefer Mac and Me to E.T. I prefer 1941. That's fine. E.T. That's fine. Can we do an episode on 1941? I think a uh, horribly uh, <laughs> underrated <laughs> yes. Spielberg classic. Fuck yeah! Did he make Empire of the Sun? No. Was that Steven wasn't, Spielberg? Wasn't that what's his face? The guy whose birthday it is? Isn't that Scorsese or something? Was that Scorsese? I don't know. Damn. The guy whose birthday it is. <laughs> I just remember that's like the first movie that uh, Chris. Yeah, the guy whose birthday is it's fucking November 27th. Uh, the first the movie that Christian driver. Bale ever did, Empire of the Sun. Him and John Malkovich. That's oh. a good movie. I like that movie. That's a good movie. Uh, but I haven't seen it since I was a I kid. I think a cooler so way for, for uh, Oliver Stone to revisit the Kennedy assassination would have been to make uh, a, a similarly uh, grand, uh, three and a half hour long, uh, lush uh, period piece replete with bad accents and hair pieces. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dave, uh, it's got a... the uh, mortal error uh, theory. If you guys know that one. No. The mm-hmm. mortal error conspiracy theory. One of my all-time favorite Kennedy conspiracy theories uh, posited by a um, Australian police detective okay. slash Great. independent yeah. Kennedy uh, investigator who spent decades working on this book that came out, I think around the same time as the film, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. called Mortal Error, which posits that uh, the actual uh, kill shot that, that, that took the president's life yeah. uh, was fired by a Secret Service agent uh, a couple cars back who fat-fingered the trigger on his... Oh, I have heard this. I have heard this. It's a perfect conspiracy theory. I love it so much because... It's entirely dependent on, um, you know, the, oh, well, I was standing here and I heard, you know, X sort of uh, shot ricocheting off such and such buildings. Oh, this is how it sounded to me. Oh, this is how his head moved, etc. And he determines, well, the actual shot must have been uh, Special Agent uh, Barney Fife uh, <laughs> tripping and accidentally shooting the president Whilst other people attended intended assassins were missing, and so it's like, oh well, what do you think Oswald fired up at any? I, I don't know. Do you think there were guys in the grass? No, I don't know. Do you think it was the deep state or the mob? Oh, I don't know. There was that plot that I know nothing about that failed, 
and Mr. Magoo accidentally blew his brains out. I absolutely love this, and that would thousand percent believe it. I've seen none of that the evidence, and I am fucking one hundred percent. Yeah, right. Perfectly. Like, I've never hoped so hard. <laughs> that that was how someone got killed. I, yeah, I and, hope that's and how. And after Dan the fact, he's just standing killed. there like, oh. <laughs> yeah. oh. It's like, oh, the guy in the depository who yeah. was taking the shots actually Dude, did hit. That would fucking yeah, rock. Yeah, no, I think he did. I think he did, yeah. yeah. I think it was the guy working the hot dog stand across the street who didn't even actually have a gun, but he slipped, he fell, the hot dog squirted out from under his foot, it blasted across the street, it knocked into a cop's gun, it triggered the pistol, the pistol shot, and that's how he died. Like, I hope it's something stupid like that. It's a I would love for that. It's a Rube Goldberg uh, device that fired the fatal shot. <laughs> Cam, Empire of the Sun was Steven Spielberg. I it was. It back. Screenplay by Tom Stoppard, based on the book by J.G. Ballard. This is crazy. Tom Damn. J.G. Ballard, really? Yeah. I'd have to, I have to rewatch that flick. Me too. I remember liking it as a kid, but I had this like idea that it was probably a bullshit movie that I just liked because I was a kid. But maybe it's like worth a revisit. Kind of heavy hitters, I've never man. seen it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what else? Do we have anything else to touch on? I know that we've uh, we've changed course. I know Evan, you had a lot of notes prepared, and I feel sad that we diverted from them. But I'm also really glad That's that fine. we did. I, I don't care. It's not the first time <laughs> it's happened, and I'm fine with it. This movie was fucking dog shit, and I just hated it so bad. I mean, uh, Ian, did you want to talk about Libra at all? Oh, I'm yeah. I, uh, so I'm a huge uh, Delillo head. You know, Delillo gang rise up. Absolutely, gang. gang. Uh, I'm reading Libra now for the third time. And man, it just, um, it, it's interesting how much the narrative threads are parallel between JFK, but you know, everything that, um, Stone does weirdly and badly, DeLillo does brilliantly and, yeah. and artfully. You just get this, uh, I don't know, a, a deep feeling of paranoid and malaise at the same time. Like it's, it's truly like, this is. This is the end of the empire, yeah. And um, you're you're just you're just watching us play out the string. It's really fascinating. I, you know, one of the things that Delillo does so well is he 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 puts you in in a place, and he throws out these incredible details mm-hmm. uh, that that just make everything feel so fully realized and. He gets into the motivations and the history behind the, the thing that, that I find the most compelling is these uh, these these guys, these these spooks from the corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, once the Bay of Pigs goes tits up, yep. you know, they're all persona non grata in D.C. And they all get they sort, of, sort of scattered to the four winds and then they sort of try and. um uh, reconfigure themselves, you know, to to kick off this conspiracy, and they're going to get JFK back uh, for deserting them, basically uh, for not providing air support is the main uh, yeah. the main complaint, not providing air support for the Bay of Pigs, and so they're the 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 stated rationale of the plot in Libra is that we are going to stage a failed assassination and make it look like the Cubans did it. 
But then there are guys within the cabal who are like, no, we're actually going to take him out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there, you know, there, there are, there are, you know, cabals within cabals, and Delillo is just so gifted um, uh-huh. that you can't, you know, even though this didn't necessarily happen, it's fictionalized. You can one thousand percent believe that this is exactly how it went down, and I think that's what's uh, I find so compelling about Libra. Yeah, so I've been reading it. I'm about halfway through it, and um. One of the things I really like about it that I think it really hammers home is just, like, how depraved these early CIA, like, this is, like, the height of the CIA, how depraved these people are. Mm-hmm. Like, it really do, it really shows all of these spooks as, like, raging alcoholics, and that, like, a lot of the shit that's coming out is just, like, well, while dudes are, like, finding the bottoms of their cups. And it's just, like, this is, like, one of the things that's, like, really, like, these people were all fucking insane alcoholics. Like, when you have, like, James Angleton... Uh, which I know James Angleton uh, is talked about a few times, definitely in the documentary. Yeah. He was such a fucking raging alcoholic, and he also got, like, so lost into his own mind about this shit that he, you know, there was the uh, the two KGB defectors, I believe in, like, the 70s uh, it was, where or maybe the 60s, but James Jesus Angleton, he got, like, so obsessed with them, and it was, like, unknown as to whether or not they were actually ops. But they, but when they defected to the U.S., their whole thing was that everything that the Soviet Union does is an op. Even the Sino-Soviet split is an op used to, like, dr- drive the United States mad. And Angleton, like, bought it hook, line, and sinker. And he's just, like, like a bull in a china shop just destroying shit, trying to find them while being a raging alcoholic. And it's, <laughs> like, this just, like, ins- like... Just like you can feel the walls crumbling in while just learning about these people. It really, yeah, it's it's incredible. I, I highly recommend uh, reading Libra. Like we're never, I mean, maybe in twenty twenty nine when everything gets declassed, like we'll finally it won't get declassified. Right, exactly. It's already it's already not happening. Right, Biden's already kicking the can down the road. Yeah. So it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. So because it's never going to happen, because we're never going to know for sure what happened. Because who knows? Even when the stuff gets declassed, you know. How much of it was destroyed? Thousand percent, right? So, because we're never going to know what's happened, what what happened? Read Libra for a a, a, a good and interesting counter myth. You yeah. Know, whereas the JFK movie is a clusterfuck. Yeah. Read read Libra to see you know a, another way that could have went down. Um, and it actually is well done and satisfying in many ways. Yeah. That's that's but, my little plug for for Libra, and you should read everything that Delola does actually. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if I can, I don't know, say like one thing, one more thing here towards the end. Uh, you know, I think one of the things that makes JFK and the assassination so compelling, and it's so compelling these various forms of media, and that you know people like us are sitting here, you know, sixty years later, still talking about it in these ways. Uh, you know, it re- and kind of goes to what you're saying. It really is this moment when the bullet kind of just rips through the entire American facade, uh, uh, as well as JFK's head. You know, this was like. The one time that you could use this move, if if it was the CIA, if it was like Alan Dulles, and you know, and you read these quotes about Alan Dulles talking about how he believed that the real power of the CIA w- was in subverting all other power on Earth. When you look at it like this, this is the one time you get to use this move, and the fact that they used it meant 
that they really fucking believed this was the moment that it needed to happen. And that if it didn't happen here, their entire plan for the American century was out the window. That's what they thought, at least. And so you have this moment where the bullet rips through JFK's head and it just tears away everything that people thought. And then right after it, you have this succession of uh, you got Malcolm X's assassination. You've got uh, MLK's assassination. You've got RFK's. And it's like you had all these huge domestic assassinations. And then, you know, you get to the 70s. And this is why you see things like um, Alan Pacula with his uh, series of films about like paranoia. That's where you get the parallax view is because there was this entire new like like this milieu of insanity that was unleashed into the country and uh it's a it's just such an interesting moment that still reverberates with us today and you know i still love seeing these depictions of it and reading them and and, you know just learning about all this shit yeah i I do sort of have like i guess sort of a a competing uh view to that which is just that like so much of the kind of um like, you know, Kennedy myth, uh, as it, you know, continues to endure in the public imagination, you know, in, in 91, and even now, now in, in, you know, 2021, um, it's like so deeply rooted in just like, unknowables and mm-hmm. counterfactuals, you know, like, I think by by the Church Commission, anyway, it was um, maybe not in 68, when Jim Garrison was was prosecuting his case against Clay Shaw, but by, by the 70s, with the, you know, the, the Church Commission and stuff after, you know, the, the kind of tumult of the 60s had congealed mm-hmm. into the, you know, like you were saying, Evan, that sort of paranoid, cynical hangover of the 70s. Um, I think that the most people rejected the oh, Oswald was just yeah. some random guy with a gun theory. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, you've got, you know, you know, Kennedy's martyred, but, you know, by whom and serving what end? Yep. And then the the kind of second set of you know so you got sort of unknowables there and then and then the sort of counterfactuals of oh okay well you know what would a proper two term Kennedy presidency have looked like and so there's so much ambiguity there and I think mm-hmm. there is and, and Oliver Stone certainly does this uh, in, in this film and Jim Garrison certainly did it in in '68 with his 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 case against Shaw yep. to you know look into the ambiguity and just to see the greatest amount of contingency. To say, okay, well, you know, to, to put together, as they do in, in the film, you know, this mosaic of, uh, you know, Kennedy speeches and executive orders and stuff that, that mm-hmm. present the image of Kennedy as this sort of burgeoning peacenik who's, he's withdrawing the advisors from Vietnam. He's he's talking about, you know, what we're not going to replace one form of colonialism <laughs> with colonialism under a different name. Yeah. You know, and to say, okay, well... And, and actually Stone reuses that clip in both, I think, JFK, the film and his documentary about yeah. it and his, yeah. his whole case that like, well, yeah, the CIA or whoever it was, you know, um, yeah, they, they had to they had to go Kennedy so they could go ahead with, with, with Vietnam. And again, I kind of get that tendency, especially if you lived through it to like extrapolate on the, you know, acute cultural significance of like the president got his dome rocked in a fucking <laughs> you know, major American city on a Tuesday yeah, yeah, and and to extrapolate that into broader historical significance <clears throat> and to say, you know, okay, by the seventies, you've got, uh, uh, you know, a much meaner, harder time. Um, and to say, well, how did we get from like, you know, the, the post-World War II starry eyed, optimistic, you know, economic boom years to here. And, 
you know, if you take, I mean, as, as you guys do, you know, kind of a, a materialist view of mm-hmm. view of history, you'd say, well, there are, you know, these, these economic forces, you know, the creep of neoliberalism, the, mm-hmm. you know, fracture and eventual, you know, kind of piecemeal sale to the scrap heap of, of the New Deal consensus. And, yep. uh, you know, in the 70s, the labor movement in this country gets its spine ripped out like a, you know, fucking Mortal Kombat fatality <laughs> all the way through to the... <laughs> You know, deregulation and, and eventually the the Walker shock of of, of yeah. you know seventy nine and eighty, where 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 Paul Walker says, you know, you know, Americans will need to accept you know a lower standard of living. Yep. And to say, well, how did we go from like, you know, that to this, mm-hmm. and be like, well, yeah, remember when the president got his head blown off and how yeah. horrible everything felt, and to say, well, that was like the hinge point. Yeah. Um, and I, I get that tendency, but I, I don't know if that's if that's completely completely accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, you know, as as Stone does, and and you know, Garrison in his case in this film say, oh well, yeah, actually, yeah, certainly all that stuff happened. You know, Vietnam, and you know, eventually, you know, Watergate and, and and whatnot. And to say, oh well, Kennedy was the guy who would have stopped that. Yo, uh, no, no, I don't think he, he was. Shot. Yeah, and it's like, well, you know, to to, to elevate the Kennedy assassination above just the throng of, of assassinations and stochastic violence of, of, of the sixties as the moment. Um, especially when, if you're like a boomer and you live through this, you've had, you know, 50, 60 years of media telling you, Oh, the 1960s, you know, the stuff that happened there, the Kennedys, Martin Luther King, you know, Woodstock, etc. just all of the, all of the, the, the kind of culture and politics of the time, that's history and everything since then we're just in a prolonged epilogue to, you know, the decade of, yeah. of, of your, you know, youth that, that really mattered. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure that that's completely correct that like, yeah, like that, that was, you know, the event. Yeah. No, say the CIA didn't pop him. I just think yeah. it's almost like, I, I kind of think it's almost just like a, you know the the idiom about the the only tool you have is a hammer. Every problem looks yeah. like a nail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the, like this was right when they were doing this to other countries. But yeah, so like yeah. you know, yeah, what you know, what what I was saying with it too, it, it's that not that that was the moment, the hinge point, oh, but yeah. rather that the perception was there by certain yeah. people, and that's what made them feel like that they needed to do that. You know that. Oh, like yeah. I think those things were coming no matter what. You know the the. The, the board had already been laid out like that. The pieces already put into place. But that there were certain people that felt like, you know, that, you know, this was a moment that they needed to use this one card that they had. This is the only time you can use it. I mean, you know, there's a reason, I think, too, that there are like five future presidents in Dallas on the day of the assassination. You know, it was them saying, like, listen, if you go against us, we'll fucking do this to you, too. And, you know, I happen to think Watergate was, you know, they couldn't do the assassination again, but they're like, all right, we can get this guy out, you know, a different mm-hmm. way. That um, was that was certainly uh, Nixon's uh, interpretation. There's there's a line on yeah. um, on, on the, the Watergate the, tapes where he, he mentions the Bay of Pigs thing. Yeah, where which, which it, it was the FBI stumbling upon an active CIA operation. Like, that's why it came out when it did, you know. Yeah, but, he like, said people, that he There resigned. were people from the Bay of Pigs who had broken into Watergate that night, too, so... Uh, and yeah, yeah, he said he resigned to avoid opening up the whole Bay of Pigs thing. And, and Halderman would, would later say that that yep. was a reference to his own belief that that the CIA killed Kennedy over uh, mm-hmm. over over the Bay of Pigs uh, split. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, but again, I don't think they even needed, like, had to. Like, it was just like, you know, if you're Alan Dulles, like, yeah, it's just easier to orchestrate. Yeah. Like, basically, he a wanted coup to than just he have a series of meetings, you know? Yeah, so maybe it's no surprise that Stone makes this movie as uh, as a as a boomer who um, yep. you know has uh, has ascended to cultural supremacy mm-hmm. and who has gone through thirty years of atomization and stuff. You know, he's not going to make a historical materialist film. He yep. is going to make a film about atomized individuals um, alienated from their fellow citizens their communities mm-hmm. um and it's losing gonna have their to, religion yeah it's gonna have to be one guy who stands up for truth and yeah. justice in the american way um and it contrasting like i i hadn't thought about jfk relative to parallax view or any of the other pacula mm-hmm. films the paranoia trilogy um mm-hmm. if you had a motherfucker who came up during the depression world war ii you're gonna get badass movies about you know truly evil people yeah, uh, not not you know not this fucking uh, pablum, this fucking milk toast like half measure bullshit that we got from Oliver Stone. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he never you yeah know, he, he fails to identify the bad guy. <laughs> you could at least do that, like fucking uh, uh, every you know Rambo does that, like yeah. <laughs> Terminator does that. Like, give me somebody to root against. Not that I necessarily need that in a film, but like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is very nebulous, like that whole part of it. And and it's nebulous in Libra too, but to uh, intentionally and to a specific end. Yeah, not because you don't get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not because you're too yeah. Pussy I think there was a certain it. way to to think about things like the you know the you know the Kennedy assassination, the big one, the, the thing where like you'll never or conceivably never have like the real story like the yep. real like straight dope so like how do you you know you manage and balance all of these like you know ideas of what could have happened and oh. yeah the stone yeah it goes with a, a particularly bizarre one i yeah. think um and one that is yeah ultimately unsatisfying because yeah like like you said ian like the argument here isn't that clay shaw was a mastermind or anything it's that he yeah. was like a glad hander who basically put people in touch and was, you know, a cog. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, he was a cog in something that like, you'll only ever find cogs in <laughs> like, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. You'll never find the thing at the center of it. The prime mover. You just find these pieces that like, you start to go down paths and you keep finding more and more of them. And they keep like, intertwining with each other but you're never going to get to the center the prime mover there you know yep but um all right so uh if we don't have anything else to add i think it's time for the hephaestion thighs for each of us to give our profession thighs. <laughs> um, so I'll start uh, for for the movie. Um, you know, I give it four profession thighs. It is a baffling, uh, insane movie, um, but I uh, I love it. I've seen it a bunch of times. I'm sure I'll see it. I'll see it at least once or twice more in my life. It is truly, truly strange, and but I kind of like that about it. 
Um, for the documentary, man, I don't know. I so I remember telling you guys, I watched it once, and I was like, that documentary's not good. So I watched it a second time. I liked it more the second time. I probably give that one maybe two, maybe three Hephaestion thighs. Um, it's really bad for the first half, and it's pretty good for the second half. So, I'll, I'll stipulate that. Uh, how about you, Cam? What do you think? Uh, so, I was gone for a little while because we had a fuse blow out here, so my recording's going to be a little weird, but um, I give that movie one Hephaestion thigh. I fucking <laughs> hated it. I sat through the whole thing. It took me three days. Didn't like it. Uh, didn't watch the documentary because I don't have showtime, and I wasn't going to pay to watch that shit because uh, I didn't want to see how to make a movie I didn't like, and uh, so I'll give that nothing because I didn't watch it. Yep. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I did not care for JFK Director's Cut. Uh, I almost wish that I had seen the theatrical release before because maybe, I don't know, maybe I would find that more palatable. But, um, yeah, no, didn't care for it. All right, uh, Ian, how about you? <laughs> I'm going two thighs for the feature and yeah. uh, 0.5 for the doc. <laughs> you know, the feature was like... There's excellent performances. It is, you know, very, very capably and professionally shot. Lots of dark interiors. I could have used, like, more New Orleans, more Dallas, like, more exterior. Give me some. You see, like, five buildings. Yeah, give me some natural light. You know, it was it was kind of a thing, though, um, in in that era. Yeah, the dark wood gives you gravity and, you know, uh, Wayne Knight in a library is Mm -hmm. serious business. and, and and the performances that I've you know Rooker and Lee Jones yep. and Oldman, like very good. Uh, yep. Definitely enjoyed watching those people do their things, uh, but ultimately just a, a train wreck of a film. And there's nothing <laughs> redeeming about the doc. Nothing good at all. Uh, I do not need to know what a you know pulmonologist from <laughs> yeah. fucking you know uh, Calgary thinks about the fucking JFK assassination. Yeah. Right. All right, Patrick. So am I the only one who doesn't completely understand the Hephaestion thighs? It's a uh, callback to Alexander. Is out of, but isn't it, wouldn't two be the maximum? <laughs> no, 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 you, no. No, you, you, you misunderstand the nature of Hephaestion thighs. Yeah, unlimited no. supply of thighs. Yeah. Unlimited, yeah. unlimited Hephaestion thighs? The yeah, scale you're Alexander. You, you are want. Alexander the Great. Okay. You can have as many Hephaestion thighs as you want. So, so Evan, Ev, Ev, you you gave the the uh, JFK film itself four Hephaestion yeah, thighs, four thighs, and you yeah. said you thought it was okay. Yeah, I like it. All I right, like it. So I, it's not good, but I like it. I would give it. You know what? I'll go three point five Hephaestion thighs. Basically, one <laughs> Hephaestion thigh per hour of runtime. <laughs> okay, I think, sure, that's, yeah. I think that's a fair. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I think we'll we'll just peg the exchange rate right there. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought again it. Like many uh, uh, films in in Stone's uh, oeuvre, it I think aims for something kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, does it in exactly the way that Stone wants to do it, and not the way that any sane person would maybe want to do it? <laughs> but does it exactly right? Uh, like mm-hmm. I, I mentioned earlier, he did win a Golden Globe for direction, and I again I think it, it he deserved it because. It is this kind of manic, shambolic, overblown narrative that manages to fit all of this uh, uh, circumstantial and sometimes contradictory uh, information uh, uh, together in a way that that kind of synthesizes into 
something that yeah is is i i would describe as eminently watchable yeah yeah um is is yeah uh what, what i would call that the the through the looking glass documentary um yeah it's got to be a uh yeah maybe a 0.5 uh thigh <laughs> Uh, just kind of the 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 under meteor part of one Hephaestion thigh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I think it could have used more B roll footage of Oliver Stone <laughs> in a tailored suit, wandering around, walking, walking up, up to a fence, fence dude. Plaza <laughs> with his yeah, fucking saw, sausage yeah, fingers. Yeah, like, oh, no, no. Or my favorite when he just goes. And the shot is just him turning around. Like, does my man? My man has to have gout, right? Did you see the 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 girth of those fingers? He's yeah. not. He's not okay. <laughs> I feel uh, like I want to see it now. I just no. I mean, dude. So the I first time I watched it, I definitely gave it half a Hephaestion thigh. The first time, I liked it a lot better the second, but very understandable. It sounds really it's, bad. So, so well, well, Cam, to your point, it's not a documentary about the making of the JFK film at all. It's sort <laughs> okay. of like a, a very direct counterpoint to it in a way where like the actual yeah, yeah. JFK film, like it's it gets looped into a, a loose trilogy of, of stone films about presidents, you know, this Nixon. Right. And W, right? Yeah, W. Oh, no. Did he have a fuse blow, too? Yeah, he's <laughs> dead. They got okay. to Pat. Oh, no. Fucking Ugh. Dulles brothers from beyond the grave. Seriously, yeah, dude. they're coming back to haunt us. Dead Dulles. Dead <laughs> Dulleses. Difficulties. Dull eye. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> the Dullies. Yeah. All right. Well, I think at this point we can probably just call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we've yeah, gone pretty long. It's so, been long uh, enough. Well, gentlemen, thank you for uh, doing this with us. We will do it again, I'm sure, in a few more months. Uh, we'll do another uh, another Stone movie or something. Can we do a good one, though? Yeah, mm. I know you want Platoon. I, I just want Platoon. Platoon or some other good Oliver Stone movie. Yeah. If we're going to keep doing Oliver Stone, I want it to be a good one. All right. All right. Well, I if guess... If they exist, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I if guess a good that, one exists, uh, I want to do like Wall Street. <laughs> is Wall Street Wall good? Street. Uh, yep. All right. So Pat, Pat, Pat is no longer in the chat. So, okay. uh, yeah. So thanks no again chat, for uh, stopping by, Ian. Um, well, I guess Pat can't plug anything, but Ian, would you like to plug anything? Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, listen to the Interesting Times Gang records. Uh, yes. uh, yep. You can go to Bandcamp itgang.bandcamp.com and check those out. That'd be nice. I always like yep. to. Uh, have folks check that out but otherwise i don't know um new calvin calvin wald city record is out and uh it people fucks. seem seem to like it yeah it's heavy as shit dude it's really good yeah it's really oh, yeah. fucking good i was listening to it at the gym the other day <laughs> thanks fellas if, i really appreciate that that's awesome if you're yeah, somebody um, that listens to our show too you'll recognize interesting time gang from yeah the theme of this show indeed yep shonen jump yes it's a it's it's a it's a ripper yeah Um, and then uh, i guess you know i will plug for pat you know he's got a podcast this is bad about um the uh the show was it united states of al uh this really bad chuck lorry show about the mm -hmm. war in afghanistan yeah it's pretty pretty fucking stupid that show not the podcast is great the podcast is great (laughs) the show itself is pretty fucking stupid but pat's show is really good you guys should check it out. Anyway, right, cool. thank you guys for listening. Uh, yep. And as always, we'll have links to everything in the fucking show notes. So yep. We love you all. Thanks for coming on, Ian and Pat. 
My pleasure, right. dude. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. Yeah, Seriously, see you guys man. later. Peace. Have a good day,